I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan, oh, a couple of miles away from Broadway, where I've always loved musicals. And I once told a woman I couldn't go on a date that Sunday because it was the Tony Awards. Oh, I couldn't. Well, you wouldn't go on a date, huh? Yes, it's all true. I was a big Pippin fan. In addition to seeing the show on Broadway, I endlessly played the original cast album singing along to Corner of the Sky. And I really did think I sounded just like John Rubenstein until I sang the song at an audition and realized that I wasn't even close to hitting any of the notes. But I never really thought of myself as a musical theater nerd until last Saturday when I watched the 1970 D.A. Pennebaker documentary about the making of the cast album of Sondheim's Company, immediately followed by the best worst thing that ever happened. Another documentary about the Sondheim musical, Merrily We Roll Along. Tommy, the raw passion, talent, anxiety, self-doubt, failure, and success on display in these films made me feel like, well, made me feel like I was spending an evening at the theater instead of sitting on my couch watching Netflix. Scotty, I think I speak for our podcast audience of geniuses when I say we marvel at your love of Broadway and your desire to watch the Tony Awards on a cathode ray television set, how it eclipsed your desire for an actual woman who wanted to go out with you on that big night. But Scotty, here's a surprise kicker. Your story has unearthed memories in my own brain. When I was a young lad, I too was a Broadway musical nerd, although in those days we still had no word for such rare creature. Growing up, we had records in our family of Broadway music in our house, as my parents and one or two of my older brothers were aficionados of original cast albums from such hits from Broadway's golden era, Oklahoma, West Side Story, Bye Fair Lady, and my favorite show of all time, The Music Man. Yes, the music man. When I was 12, I taught myself Harold Hill's speech in the, my favorite music. A pool table, don't you understand? <laughs> Friends, either you are closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge or you are not aware of the caliber disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. I memorized that speech, <laughs> which I now realize was the original 1959 Iowa rap. <laughs> I sang it at a wedding, Scotty, even though it was after the ceremony and we were all just hanging out at the beach. Well, Tony, I'm glad you pointed out the origins, the unknown origins of rap goes back to 1959, Iowa. You know, Tommy, as we speak, and for the past several hours, well, there's a song in my head that I'm sure our genius listeners know is Good Thing Going from Merrily We Roll Along. It's not that nothing was wrong. We've took for granted some love will wear away. I feel blessed that when I do have a song that I keep hearing, it's a well-written and, and composed musical theater gem, as opposed to a, a thumping and pounding hip-hop song that might cause a slight headache, not to take anything away from hip-hop, but just in terms of having it in my head. But those of us who love taking flights of fancy, as we do regularly on this podcast, tend to embrace the musical as well as we do, because to fully appreciate musicals, you have to suspend your sense of reality and let your sense of wonder and imagination take its place. Well, I got to go, Tommy. I, I hear the overture starting to play in my head. Wait, you're going? Oh, 
Oh, no, Scotty, don't go yet. I have yet more to tell you. My small <laughs> town of Libertyville, Illinois, is a thousand miles away from such, was and is the, uh, a thousand miles away from the lights and grease paint and the music of the great white way. And my love of Broadway songs such as Just in Time and Bells Are Ringing might have been considered oddball, yet once again, I could sing every note and every word of Just in Time, just like Dean Martin did in the movie. At age 12, Scotty. My parents even bought me some records, uh, uh, Broadway music, including two, a two-record double album called Broadway Showstoppers, a compilation of one, a, a, a big song from many famous shows. When I was 12 and 13, I would sing along with this, these songs and, and, uh, while washing the kitchen floor, as was my chore. Uh, that, and, and that's how I earned my weekly stipend of 50 cents, which even in those days were slaves' wages. Amazingly, Scotty, I'm 100% heterosexual and only 12% gay. And maybe even 15% uh, pirate, because I picture you washing down the deck as you did the, the kitchen floor uh, uh, with a, a pipe pipe. Uh, and I like the math, 100% heterosexual and 12% gay. The, some yeah. of the mathematicians might be scratching their head, but it makes total sense. Uh, to me, Tommy, and I'm glad you brought up. Uh, I just, if I may, Scott, yeah, yes. just, uh, uh, I was not uh, a math major. I, 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 I was not what you would call great in math or uh, 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 Johnny von Neumann of math. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I, Tommy, I think what you've just come up with is more math than the mathematicians do because yeah. uh, it makes I total sense. Math. Uh, 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 many people would tell you you can't go higher than 100%, but I'm proving that you can be 100% heterosexual and 12% gay, and that just turns the math world on its head. Oh, and yeah. Well, that, that and this is a little throwaway, but it, you actually can, and that's the next step. They will find that, yes, there's more than 100%. Uh, you've just shown that. I, I have to lead the, lead the way. Will I, I mean, again, you know, there are math prizes. I, uh, I, I'm not doing for this for the prize because already, I don't know where I'm going to put all the prizes that we're already going to get. So just so you know, that's, I'm not trying to go for the, what, I don't even know what the, there's some famous math prize, but I think the Nobel give, gives out a prize. So yeah, well, I'm hoping that, I don't know, let the, I'm, I'm going to let them figure out. Oh what yeah. Yeah. Well, also, well, I hope, and I think this is the case and what we're pushing for, <laughs> all prizes shouldn't look like trophies. That's yeah. the thing, because then it really fills up a, a bookcase, a mantle. So we're, we're saying and what we're doing is really trying to get prizes in different by the by the prize, like a flat prize, a yeah. plaque, a that certificate, up, you really, know, a variety a, of prizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So plaques are good. Um, you know, I, I like the green jacket from the oh. uh, golf tourneys. Uh, yeah, the, well, the, the, the famed golf, masters. Yeah, the masters green jacket. Because that you can just hang on your closet, and it's and it's not taking up shelf space. No, and you can wear it. Uh, and you can wear it, Scotty. Thank you. You actually have some. It has some practical value. Imagine yeah. do people wear their green jacket out, you know, and what what if somebody spills something on it? Well, that that, is, that would be a great investigative report. Maybe sixty minutes. Uh, uh, when do the Masters champions actually wear their green jacket? And uh, yeah. Uh, Do they get it dry cleaned? And I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, uh, I would be a little skittish about going yeah. to a you know wine stain on the master's jacket. Who? I just yeah. saying it now. I get the chills. Yeah. Well, okay. So, what kind of jacket are they going to give us for uh, um, uh, 
turning math on its head and showing that you could have, uh, uh, you know, you could have 115 percent of something. Well, I, I hope it's like a kind of a bomber jacket that I can wear, like a wind, you know, like it'll it'll be it provides some protection from the cold. Well, I practical, yeah, yeah, functional. Well, it's I was thinking uh, if it was a sport jacket like the Masters, it would be a tweed jacket with a yeah. patch. But that's limiting. That's what I'm afraid it will be. I'm, a, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid it'll be a tweed jacket with patches like a, you know, because they'll think I'm an academic, of course, when, when I'm, you know, I'm, I've created a whole new form of math. And by the way, that's the other thing. It's that it, this, this is one of those things, those paradoxes that lead to a whole new uh, uh, world of, of math. That's kind of, you know, that's what usually happens in a case like this. When you discover that you can be 112 percent of something. Well, well, that's the breakthrough. Look, I mean, I'm sure maybe like some mathematicians are discussing it now, but uh, you're putting it out there. and Because uh, the well, purists the will it fight is? it. They're going to fight you, Tommy, tooth and nail, which, as we've said on previous podcasts, isn't very powerful. No. <laughs> you might get a little nip in the elbow. That's right. Well, it's about it. Are they going to throw the teeth and the nails at me, or are they going to just jam them up against me and scratch me with them? That's that's what I, I... I mean, it's really pathetic. I mean, to fight tooth and nail, I mean, it needs to be revised. It's the weakest defense. The weakest. I mean, it's you could do a little bite and you could scratch. I mean, it's... Uh, right, yeah. right. I always think of the teeth as, as being separate and the nails are like... But, but but you're right. You're fighting with tooth and nail. I gotta get that in my head. You're you're biting and you're scratching. That's that's what tooth and nail is, and that is absolutely the last ditch, des most desperate way to fight. Please don't fight me tooth and nail. Let's just uh, you know just, uh, uh, just give me my prize, and and I hope it's a bomber jacket. For and, and also, I think the other thing that I just want to do just right now, just because I'm trying not to procrastinate. So one of the things I was thinking, okay, we just invented a whole new math that and that allows for 112 percent, right? Uh, it, it's and it's probably going to be developed into this really complicated thing like algebra, trigonometry. Like, do you know even know the difference between algebra and trigonometry? I don't. I, I just knew I took trigonometry later, uh, but I and, and I remember nothing from either. And but I see it, Tommy. The big headlines, just the way it was with a lot of things like the Van Allen radiation belt, that turned out didn't exist. To the big headlines, a hundred percent isn't. You can go more than a hundred percent now. Say. You know, a, a non-mathematician. It took a non-mathematician to shake up the math uh, math world. That's right, and 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 the, you can just see the the great lecture, you know, the TED talk, or even the the bigger lecture at Oxford uh, in yeah. the Oxford Hall, where you where you say, you know, you start the lecture out, you know, everybody's waiting to hear how did you come out uh, come up with this, and you uh, with this totally uh, a revolutionary uh, new almost school of mathematics. But and you start out in the most unusual way. You go up and you say, a pool table, don't you understand? Oh, yeah. and, and you start to talk about this podcast, Scotty. Yes, yes. And, of this very, very episode of this podcast. Exactly. And which people will all know by heart the way you've memorized uh, the music, man. They're going to memorize or maybe some have already what we put out on this podcast and the power of the musical. It really was a Broadway musical that shaped this groundbreaking mathematic uh, new and it's theory. Interesting. Yeah. Don't think of, uh, of, of musicals as being the foundation for a whole mathematical uh, way of thinking. I mean, what is, what? I don't even know what the word is for algebra or trigonometry. 
you know, what, what are they? Like algebra is what? It's a thing of math. It's a big hunk of math. What would you call yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a topic. It's a class. I, I took algebra, but honestly, took algebra, I, but yeah, you, that's you, all I, I know. It's because there's so much anxiety associated with that. I mean, they were the ones who were good at it. I never was good at that. And, and so uh, yeah, it's I, funny because math in the way in a way is the opposite of Broadway. If you yeah. want to know what the opposite of Broadway is, it's mathematics. Except for the, you know, the producers looking at the numbers. But other than that, no, it's the opposite. And it's yeah. uh, it's fantasy. It's 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 just coming up with it's things. Verbs, it's words and it's yeah. types of fancy and it's. And it's music and and uh, anything's and possible, and then not like in math. You know, math like is math. very nope. That's not that's wrong. You don't have to you don't have to prove your your theorem, theorem. in a Broadway show. No, no. Uh, you can't do a Broadway show just purely with a uh, calculator. You couldn't do that. Not 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 totally. Maybe you could do the overture possibly. The but... overture maximum, and it would still be a weird John Cage like overture. <laughs> Uh, but tell me, the Mer I listened to the Merrily Oral Long Overture. Uh, first of all, just the overture, which I don't know if all musicals still have, beyond thrilling. I mean, it really is. I don't even know the word for it. It's a, a it, you know, it's like a trailer, but with all the greatest, and it's still you're gonna hear it all, and it's it's and and it's fascinating. I was watching a old videotape from Merrily Oral Long. Somebody shot from the last row of the Broadway theater. And uh, it was a little hard to watch because of the quality. But and Tommy, by the way, let me quickly say that I'm glad you brought up the smell of the grease paint, the roll of the crowd, which was, by the way, a name of a musical. Right. Well, actually, the musical switch it. It was roar of the grease paint and smell. That's of right. Because, you know, I was thinking that and I was thinking, oh, I got that wrong. And I love that. It was sort of a quirky 60s yeah. musical. But what, what is grease paint and what does it smell like? Yeah. Um, yeah apparently it's great because that's yeah. what people remember about uh, the uh, aging actors uh, soliloquize, is that a word? They, they, they talk about uh, how there's the wonderful smell of the grease paint. And, um, you know, the grease paint, of course, is what people, and again, thousand years from now, you probably even know what it is. You put, it's makeup uh, uh, and you put it on your face, right? And, and, and there's even a grease pencil or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but, but um, and it changes the color of your, of your, you know, it does all that stuff and makes you, makes you look, you know, people can see you on Broadway. And it's, it smells of grease paint. And what was the other one? Uh, well, the roar of the crowd. So roar of the crowd. The musical okay. reversed it. But it is amazing, though, that, you know, and you see this all the time, the biggest stars on and, and Broadway or on the West End of London, you would think there would be a makeup person, but they do it all themselves. Unless it's uh, a, some King Lear transformation or something. But for the most part, you always see them in front of the mirror and the flowers and really? putting on their own makeup. Okay. Well, just to let our podcast listeners know why that's so remarkable. Uh, we who were in t television and film uh, know that when, uh, uh, it's always a, a professional makeup person. You go into makeup, you sit down, and somebody works on your face and, and, until you're ready in your hair, maybe. Yeah and, then, yeah, and then off you go. You don't do anything. You don't lift a finger. You're not even. You know, you try not to look at the makeup person because a lot of times they're looking at your eyes, and you think you're supposed to look back at their eyes, but that just makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so, so I'm that way with waiters too. I never know if I'm looking, you know, waiting, hearing the specials. Do I look in their face? Do I? But then I think, should I look away? You know, I never know how to react to specials. Yeah, to specials. I know. <laughs> like, how are we supposed? 
I always feel like when a waiter starts to tell his specials, we're supposed to kind of look like, hmm, that's a good one. Like we've got to make make a face like with after each special, like, <laughs> and, and then the ham is gently uh, uh, simmered in in in, in, a, in its own broth, and you're, and you're supposed to go, oh, its own broth. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it's like I'm taking it in. Yeah, like, it's taking it in. You're nodding with appreciation of yeah, like. And also, you don't want to go, like, make a face like, ew, no, that doesn't Yeah, happen. right. I'm definitely not getting that one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to deflate him. He's doing the whole speech. Sometimes they forget one. And what's the other one? And you want to, it's their little speech. It's their thing. It's not, I, I don't want to reject them then. Right. Then in the ordering process, I'll say, you know, then I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not going to have any of those specials. I would never say that. I'll just say, I'll have the chicken primer show. <laughs> right. And yeah. often, I do, that, that is exactly what happens in a restaurant that you, go to frequently or not even you'll wind up going with uh with the the regular thing and very very seldom have i ever gone with a special it's true but you but you politely listen as they you know go through their spiel and 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 uh in some restaurants it's a big show and yeah and, and it's uh but um yeah so uh and they don't give one thing though this should i, I would legislate this actually only a few places actually give the prices. Oh, and that's a tricky thing because the menu, you could look and you see it, but the specials, they uh, sometimes they'll do it. And I was like, and the lovely lamb for $28. That's, I think, but sometimes they don't. Usually they don't. And then it's, no. a, you don't want to go, ah, oh, how much was the third <laughs> one after the, and your voice has to go up. Yeah. Well, I, I know because if you try to say that in a, in a normal voice, and I've done that. Where I've been in a restaurant and I and they and they told me the specials and I've been on a you know w- with somebody else and I, that I wanted to impress and uh, uh, you know date I don't want to call it a date but yeah date and and uh, and but they recite the special don't recite the price and I've asked them that not in that high pitched voice just uh, how much is that and they don't hear you <laughs> yeah they only the train to hear the high pitch so they can hear you they, yeah. They, it's it's just a tone that they don't you know a waiter just cannot so you oh so uh, anyway what what the you know that the uh what's thermidor what's that uh? <laughs> and yeah then they perk up then so the opposite you would think that a high pitch can only be heard by dogs no but in this case only by waiters giving specials yeah that's so it's a little trick interesting? I, I i did not know that until right this very yeah day. also though of course this is a you have your cat oliver and i've had cats and I do. I've talked about it on this podcast my cat voice, and but people usually do now. Do you have a, a an Oliver voice? Oh, uh, because... I, absolutely. And I've talked about this too. Where I've, yeah. You know, uh, there's well, yeah, well, beyond the voice, you have Oliver's language. Where, where I'm peeing, Con, but uh, yeah. uh, uh, Oliver, 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 come here, Oliver. Yeah, I, I get into Oliver. Yeah, that's kind of a like normal people would say, please stop talking in that way. But a cat just is cool. Oh, yeah, I, and also, yeah, and, and p- normal people who don't have cats would hearing you say that, which has happened to me, go, why are you talking that way? But people have cats and dogs understand completely. But I don't think it's actually is it physically possible? This is my question: to see a dog or your own dog or someone else's or a cat and speak in your normal voice with no different effect? Could you just go? Hi, Rover. Um, well, you're a very nice dog. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, Oliver. Um, well, okay. uh, Tommy tells me a lot about yourself. You hey, teach you know him languages? Yeah, we just never, you know, it's just not possible. I mean, I, 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 even people, though, have trouble with when you get, 
you know, we start to sound like Ward Cleaver. Well, <laughs> Oliver, uh, I'm going to I'm going to put that to the test in real time, Scotty, and I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm uh, going to right away do this. This is my war against procrastination, Scotty. Yes. The door of the studio uh, soundstage door. You can hear a little squeak. That's the door that needs well. And I, in a normal voice, Scotty, I'm going to summon Oliver, just in a total normal voice. And 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 our podcast listeners will be able to hear this. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Hello, Oliver. Oh, Oliver. Come here, Oliver. Oliver, come here. Now we'll just wait, and, and, and I'll let you, the podcast listeners, know if Oliver. This is incredible. I mean, but let's say once again, this is a real time. This is not something, it's not pre recorded. This is not no. something you work out. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. We absolutely don't know. This is like, um, in a way, it's kind of like one of those Mars shots, you know, where they. Where you watch the 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 uh, 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 um, Musk, you know what is it the the, the uh, it, it, private uh, rocket ship go off the la- the launching pad? Will it blow up in the air? We don't know. This is a an experiment in science. Can you talk to a? Can you summon a cat? First of all, let's see if you can summon a cat. Well, that, that's a whole other question. Voice. Even with like, the cat voice, yeah, dogs probably. Uh, although dogs are very trained to hear the nuance and the inflection, so I don't know if the, you just said uh, to the, you know, to a dog, "All right, it's time to." Are you hungry? I don't know. I don't know if they hear hungry or they hear, you know, a certain way of saying it. So it's this is um, Jane Goodall level stuff we're doing. Uh, it, it, exactly. It's just absolutely. That's what I was going to say. This is amazing. Absolutely, like uh, zoological, cutting edge. We're figuring out tone of voice, animals, it's linguistics, it's all... And, and mathematics before that, starting off with the Broadway musical. Now, people would say, are those jump cuts? No, they flow effortlessly. Effortlessly. Each building on... on, uh, on as, and, and also, how about uh, learning and discovering that you have, to speak, you have to speak in a certain tone of voice to be heard by a waiter who's yeah. off. I mean, these are things that just all fit together in one mosaic of of uh, of a podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to hear what's going to happen next. On this. Yeah, well, and again, first of all, none of those would probably be brought up in a normal podcast. But if they were, one would be and they would be just discussed for the remainder of the time. We can't be bound by one thought. We're not one thought Joes. No, that's <laughs> That's that's so important, Scotty. That we're not one thought Joes. We, we are ma- uh, people of many, many, many thought. I mean, just in this with one podcast, it's uh, this one episode. Uh, it's staggering, and we're n- it's still not over. Yeah, yeah, no, and again, not that any of these on their own would be great to delve into. Yes, the Broadway musical, we could we could wax uh, hours, but we we can't help but see where it leads, and it's uh, you know, yeah. And, journey. and at the same time, oh, by the way, not for nothing, here's a whole new branch of mathematics. Yeah, so right. Just You're welcome, world. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. not a mathematics podcast of two no. mathematicians surprised. And we do, and actually I do want to just make that point that we're, uh, because I think we're, we, we may be getting, because this is a podcast for geniuses and we certainly welcome mathematical geniuses, but I don't want, I hope we don't disappoint them because we're probably not, you know, going to invent a new branch of math every single episode. No, no. And we may not even mention math every episode. But no, even we, yesterday, 
we did our second floral based show and probably was starting to get a lot of the, you know, plant based people of flower lovers and uh, flower power. But uh, alas, as you said, Tommy, it may be another several shows before flowers mentioned again. <laughs> maybe it may be months. We don't. Yeah. Know. Uh, months and months. It may be even months and months. That's yes. Two uh, uh, bundles a month. Yeah. Uh, it, it, That's it, one of those extra things. Like months could be enough. But no. Oh no. Went on for months and months. <laughs> months and months. But if you go from oh, it was months and months and months. So that's a form of math too, and that we've talked about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, very early on in the in the uh, the early era of this podcast about. Well, we got very excited about it, and that was another uh, uh, another rare math one, which was this vague math, this this kind of math that you use on an everyday basis, like months and months and months. Like, which is more, months or months and months? Oh. Well, and then three months almost seems it's too much now. You know, uh, like months is like uh, I've been doing this for months. You would think that could be enough because on paper it is. It could be anything. But then you go for months and months, but it's all just uh... Wait, I think I go where you're going with this, Scotty. Yeah. If you say something was months and months and months, you didn't like that experience. That one, some, somehow I felt it was too much. That's the one, that's when, when you say, uh, I, that's when you really have had it. It's like, you have been telling that, me that for months and months and months. Like you never say, Wow, I have enjoyed being here for months and months and months. You never would do that. The no, no, it's always the negative. You don't like something you really are fed up with. Exactly. It's only use that. And then certain numbers too. That it's like going going back to the math. People say, if you're angry, I've told you forty five hundred times. It's never. Oh. I've told you six times. Right. And it's always a number. And it's hundred, and it's got a. Oh. That's what I always get with my wife, Cece. She would say if everything was a million, a million. I was like, you know, it's probably better to have a, 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 a smaller number. It's more, uh, you know, realistic. I told you a million times. No, you didn't tell me a million times. You've never done anything a million times. Uh, but, but if you say, like, I've told you this 12 times, then you're like, oh, really? That's a lot. Because then you can fight them and go, all right, all right, I see. But a million, it just you can't take it seriously. Yeah, you can't take it. That's it, Scotty. That's when the number a million, and this is all emotional math. And we actually did talk, do some uh, an episode about emotional. Oh yes, math. more than one. Then. And we episodes and episodes. That is our field of math that we're developing. Yep. It's like algebra. It's like trigonometry. But hopefully. The people who study emotional math will be those kids who don't really like algebra or trigonometry, but they do like emotional math. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. And I mean, that's the idea is that we want to invent a new, if we're going to invent a new math field, a, a branch of mathematics, it should be something that we would like to study uh, if we're in high school. We don't want to burden uh, uh, high school kids with it. Right? Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be for the ones who aren't good at the, the old math, what I remember the old math and the yeah, new the, math, and I still don't remember no. what either was. Bims, cassettes, do you remember that? Bims and cassettes, like they would tr uh, uh, try to re make you think differently about a line and a point by giving it a new name, Bim and No, I don't recall that, but I just you don't, don't remember. Oh, the new math. That was, that was sort of like when we were, I don't know, elementary school, junior high or something. It was, 
was from the new map of bims and cassettes. It may have been. I just don't. Uh, that's something <laughs> I that the I didn't. New map didn't help us. It didn't help us. Yeah, yeah. Well, then there was always the the plaintive cry. When are we ever going to use this in real life? And and sadly, that they never had an answer for that. Like at learning algebra trigonometry, as you said, when would it come up in real life? And it sadly doesn't. But except that we could be saying now, yes, I know algebra and trigonometry instead of me saying I don't. But right, and, and even then, I don't know what we would have done it done with that knowledge that you know algebra and trigonometry, even if you did know it. Like I, I, I'd be like, oh, oh, that's great, you know that. That's fantastic. That's really good. Like you could actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is kind of amazing that there is, you know, these these um, mathematics stuff that we have no interest in, but are really actually important. And, and yeah, yes, no, we're glad people do. We're glad of those great blackboards. We talked about yeah. this the uh, earlier podcast about chalk and erasers, and and and, and thankfully, uh, as we said, how uh, all the great uh, theory of relativity and other things are not just in chalk; they oh, are actually. Yes, because you, you always you see these they, they they're so proud these professors they stand in front of their blackboards at MIT and Caltech they're just covered with notations that we normal humans cannot understand because they're and and they love that but God forbid somebody should erase that so hey scientists make sure uh, hopefully Scotty uh, uh, that that uh, episode as comical as it was in an intent. It serves a serious warning to scientists and mathematicians everywhere. Don't just write on Blackboard, which can easily be erased. Sky, I'm so glad you brought that back. Yeah, yeah. And I will add, Tommy, that because uh, we always worry about this for anyone listening, uh, we don't want to encourage any copycats or people to say, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll erase it. Because I know none of our listeners would ever do that. So I just hope it doesn't get out if, if accidentally. A goon was listening. Yeah. And he said, hey, I'm going to race. I'll go to MIT. I'll race the blackboard. So I hope that's not happening. And if, he is, if this goon is listening, uh, there's hope for you. Don't erase the blackboard. <laughs> Stop now. And we'll work with you and help you uh, seek other things in life. Uh, 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 and also, I would say this, uh, Scotty, on a, uh, on a plus positive note. There have been no leaks from this podcast so far. Like no, nothing has leaked out. Uh, and gotten into the press that we didn't want uh, known publicly. So we can kind of give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, unlike uh, government, we, we keep it we keep it uh, sealed shut. You know, we, uh, we we the podcast gets out there, but uh, we control the leaks, and yeah. that's uh, so important. Not getting, yeah, uh, uh, things that we don't necessarily want people to know about are not getting out there. And I, I, let me put it this way: I open the <laughs> press, and I'm not I, I'm open the the, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I have it online, of course. And uh, I, I have not yet seen, like, gone, oh my God, you know, spilled my coffee, you know, oh my God, <laughs> you know, some, some, something that we came up with in this podcast, but we're not ready for, uh, for it to be, you know, made public. That has not happened yet. No, no. And that's a, yet another thing we could be very grateful for and thankful uh, about. And, um, uh, but you know, it's it's uh, as I said, Tommy. I live maybe oh, I was I didn't, that's more than two miles. I don't know, maybe five miles from the Broadway, and I have not been down there because it would be from sad where? to go there now. From Broadway, yeah, yes. But it will be opening again in the fall, and other smaller theaters are even slowly uh, beginning. And so um, it's. Like uh, it. But again, what what we just did here to, as part of our recap of the episode, we began talking about Broadway musicals, how that much they mean to them, us, and how I even. 
put off a date with his lovely woman because the Tony Awards was on and that was before the days of recording and all that. And somehow Tommy, once again, not somehow, as always, it, it, it morphed into a conversation about mathematics and your new breakthrough. Uh, well, all breakthroughs are new. Yeah, I would guess uh, about, you know, there's more than 100 percent. There's an ex at least an extra 12 percent. But it's but to derive at it, it's a, it's a, it's it is emotional math. And, and so I would have to fill up a blackboard to fully explain it and prove my method. Yes. Yeah, after, of course, backing it up on a but hard I would drive or some. But exactly. I would yeah. back it up on, you know, the cloud or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Scotty. And if, if nothing else, uh, uh, let's let's and and also i just was thinking uh as far as the broadway you know we came in here talking about how much we both love broadway songs and broadway musicals we have our favorites and we're we're unabashed in 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 that um uh i think there could be a broadway musical uh, uh about uh you know call you know about the new math or uh, i think you said something uh, uh in, like i've never seen a musical that had math in the title and i think that's a that's wow. a great challenge. I would love to see, you know, uh, uh, you never thought there would be a musical about Hamilton, uh, yeah. Alexander Hamilton. Well, maybe there will be a musical about Johnny von Neumann. Well, it, it, you know, and, and I just realized, Tommy, I don't know if you've ever seen something years ago. Oh, he was in that? I just realized in 2012 at the Marvelous City Center Encore Series where they have concert stage versions of fine musicals. It was Merrily We Roll Along. And I remember loving it. And, and, uh, and only just yesterday in preparing this episode, I saw that when I was there at City Center in 2012 for Merrily Roll Along, one of the stars was Lin-Manuel Miranda, pre-Hamilton. And I never, to this day, I never said, oh, yeah, I've seen Lin-Manuel Miranda. I never could have said that because I didn't realize it until now. Wow, that is, that's astonishing. And I mean, that's a, that, that's a real talk about a, a Broadway showbiz story, Scotty, and and let's not forget uh, how this podcast really, the, the the very idea came into fruition in, in Joe Allen's the yeah the uh, uh, Broadway uh, failures on the wall, and and uh, I think I would love to the, the, on on this note. I mean, as we as we wind down, uh, I, I I really think that I would I can imagine us. You and me on this podcast writing a Broadway show that would be a hu either a huge success or an embarrassing uh, flop, but it but would either way we'd get on the wall at Joe Allen that way. Joe Allen's that's yeah. that's how well, that's the key, and that's why that's where they'll welcome us into Joe Allen when it reopens. Either way, you know they'll stand. Here's the greats, or here's your table, sir, under the flop wall. Yeah. And where we had my birthday party a year ago, March. I'll never uh, and we will return it's again it's as soon as we can. Yeah. Uh, well, Tommy, that's a great way to end because whatever it is, we will do a musical. And either way, we'll be at Joe Allen to celebrate. Scotty, I, 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 can't, I can say nothing else. But on that note, I remain sincerely Tom Saunders. And on a musical note, well, don't worry, I won't sing it, but I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we're getting through this. <laughs>